Hi, it's Scott Walker here on You Can't Recall Courage. We're on the road today. I'm actually in New York City. Uh, this is Super Tuesday, and this morning I was on the set of Fox and Friends talking about the presidential election. In fact, talking about a column I wrote last week for the Washington Times about people saying that Bernie Sanders is a communist. <laughs> that was James Carville that actually said that. Where he said, at least I'm not a communist, referring to, referring to the uh, senator from Vermont. The reality is we see a massive move to coalesce around the former vice president under Barack Obama, that being former vice president Joe Biden. The latest move was this series of former presidential candidates, uh, U.S. Senator Amy Klobuchar, former South Bend, Indiana, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, and many of us forgot he was even in the race, but uh, a former congressman and uh, U.S. Senate candidate from Texas, Beto O'Rourke, all came out on the eve of Super Tuesday to endorse Joe Biden's candidacy. And you got to believe, I talked about this this morning as well, that there's a huge push from major donors, party leaders, and potentially even people like Bill and Hillary Clinton, and dare I say, maybe even a few calls made by, by Barack Obama, or at least those close to him, uh, to some of those candidates, uh, particularly Klobuchar and Mayor Pete, uh, who up until just a few days ago were looking like they were headed towards Super Tuesday themselves. I think the reality is that people understand that the choice uh, is boiling down uh, to Joe Biden and uh, Bernie Sanders. Once upon a time, some thought that Mike Bloomberg might do well, and he's still got a shot today. Remember, uh, with races all across the country, Bloomberg's money. And I know, having been to a number of those states over the last month or so, every time you turn on television, every time you look at your iPad, uh, there's a TV or a digital ad from Bloomberg. But I think whatever momentum he got from those advertising, uh, from that advertising campaign, was largely diminished by rather lackluster performances at the last two debates that Democrats held. And uh, debates still matter. People want to know, particularly if you're a Democrat, Who's going to run and how do they match up head-to-head against President Donald Trump, who I think many of us believe just took apart Hillary Clinton in the 2016 presidential election debates. They want a fighter and someone who can stand up to them. And and so that's why for those on the hard, hard left, Bernie Sanders is appealing. He's certainly not going to back down. And for others, Joe Biden, not so much just because he's a debater, but because um, – the, the real untold story is the concern. You're starting to hear it out loud. Uh, Jim Clyburn, the House Majority Whip Congressman from South Carolina, came out strong. Now, sure, he's got longtime connections uh, to Biden, but as much as anything and why he was not only active in helping really a landslide victory for Joe Biden that many of us, myself included, predicted even late last year, but, but Clyburn came out to seal the deal and and now has been campaigning and working to help uh, Vice President, uh, former Vice President Biden win in the neighboring state of North Carolina. Why? Well, it's all about power. It's this whole pattern we see amongst uh, Democrats in the establishment. It's all about power. They know that just as important as the presidential election in 2020, even more, particularly for those in the House, is the impact it'll have on, on down ballot and the growing concern uh, with uh, not just talk of socialism, but with the personal pattern of uh, things that many of us have talked about in the past, but of of uh, Bernie Sanders having gone 
on a trip that he called a very strange honeymoon after his marriage to uh, the Soviet Union um, and coming back to the after visiting the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, the USSR, coming back to Vermont and singing praise for what he saw in that communist country to going to uh, not too far from that time, having gone to see uh, Daniel Ortega, the leader in Nicaragua, who even the New York Times prior to that visit had had documented thousands of political prisoners uh, being held in that state, or excuse me, in that country, who were uh, in disagreement with Ortega's oppression, to to going to Fidel Castro's Cuba and coming back and, and praising not just then, but even in a 60 Minutes interview a week ago Sunday, uh, not backing away from that praise and somehow trying to brush it off as though all the oppression and the communism and the plight of the people uh, could be offset by what he called, referenced a, uh, a really positive literacy program. These are the things that I think increasingly uh, Democrats in the establishment are worried that whatever gains they made in the House in suburban areas across America that suburban voters aren't going to warm up to the idea of a communist sympathizer uh, who, uh, who expressly is advocating policies that would take away their private health insurance, amongst other things. That's a real concern as they look ahead, uh, not just the 2020, but uh, in the presidential election, but who else is elected. When I come back, I want to talk a little bit more about why that matters and what we're doing about it. I'm Scott Walker, and you can't recall courage. Hey, I'm Scott Walker, and you're back on You Can't Recall Courage. It's Super Tuesday, special edition of our podcast. We're going to be on tonight with Neil Cavuto uh, talking some more about what's happening on Super Tuesday. As I mentioned, big deal with Democrats coalescing increasingly around Joe Biden. Why? Well, because they're worried. They're worried about the idea of people running for the state house and the state senate in states all across America. Little known fact, uh, 2020 election, those legislators who are in office come uh, post the 2020 election. Most of them be sworn in in January 2021. Uh, the U.S. Census is completed in uh, 2020. Uh, then lawmakers go back over the next two years before the 2022 election in most cases. Uh, they'll be voting on boundaries, boundaries not only for uh, state legislative districts, but voting on boundaries for members of Congress. All 50 states will vote on state legislative boundaries. Uh, about 43, I believe it is, of the states uh, will also be voting on congressional boundaries. You've got a handful of states um, that don't have enough size uh, or enough of a population to warrant more than one seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. But for all those who have two or more, the legislature will also be voting in those states, the state legislature, uh, state lawmakers will be voting on congressional boundaries, which, of course, is of grave interest uh, to people like Nancy Pelosi, uh, Denny Steyer, and, and uh, Jim Clyburn, and others who want to maintain the power grip. They have not just for the next two years, that'll be determined in the 2020 elections, but, but where things go after that. Uh, censuses are done every 10 years, every decade, and so what the boundaries are all could have an impact as to who controls the United States House of Representatives. Will be Nancy Pelosi and maybe someday someone like AOC or another member of the squad? Or will it be Kevin McCarthy and others that will follow after him on the Republican side? Uh, who 
is in control of the House will largely be dependent on who wins the elections this fall. And that's in all states, uh, all states that set the congressional boundaries. So it matters not just what happens in states like Wisconsin, which will be key to the presidential election, or Florida and Ohio, but also in states like New York or California. California has 53 seats in the House of Representatives. A major portion of all the Democrats in the entire House are from the state of California. Prior to the 2018 elections, there were 14 Republicans, 14 congressional seats held by Republicans from California. Post the 2018 election, there were just seven. Um, Ronald Reagan, John Wayne, uh, others from California would roll over in their graves if they knew that, that every one of the congressional seats, for example, from Orange County is now held by a Democrat. Those Democrats and others like them across the country overwhelmingly won in districts with large suburban bases where they made the case that that the Republicans were going too far uh, under President uh, Trump and that there needed to be a check. And in particular, they made the case that members of Congress are being too partisan and that there needed to be people in office who would put the country ahead of party. After two years of focusing almost exclusively on things like impeachment, they're already uh, backed into a corner. And then if they have to defend uh, to major numbers of their constituents, the idea that many of whom like their private health insurance that they get from uh, they or their spouse's uh, employer, the idea that uh, Bernie Sanders, the standard bearer for the Democrats, who might be the nominee, is talking about uh, government-run health care and taking away their private health insurance, talking about they and their children potentially having to wait in line and and maybe in some cases maybe not even having access to the kind of care they're, they've come accustomed to. Well, those things are pretty concerning. Add in uh, all the stories about Bernie Sanders' trips to uh, countries and being somewhat sympathetic of the communists in charge, and you can see why uh, why Democrats are concerned. So what's at stake? Well, about a quarter of all the delegates that will be awarded to the candidates running for president on the Democrat side are going to happen today. I mean, look down the list. The, the biggest, of course, is California. 415 delegates are at stake. The polls will close at 10 o'clock central time. Uh, that means many of us will be staying up late to see what's happening there. A significant, significant amount um, Sanders is favored to win, even though four years ago he lost to Hillary Clinton. Uh, he's got the ground game, and that's the advantage he gets in all of this. That's why, if you look traditionally up until President Trump, for example, on the Republican side since Nixon, every nominee other than George W. Bush, who obviously had a significant advantage because of his father having served as president, but every other nominee had run at least once before, whether it was you know, like Romney or Biden Dole or others. Uh, this is part of the reason why Bernie Sanders, it's not just his base of supporters, that's part of it, but also the fact that he ran this before. You look at the impact uh, other states will have. California by far is the largest. Texas has 228 delegates at stake. Uh, again, this is one of those states uh, where Sanders lost it to Hillary Clinton in the past. Uh, boy, a number to watch will be to see what kind of percentage uh, that Bernie Sanders gets to the vote in Texas in this election. Uh, these big states, one of the disadvantages Joe Biden has 
is that uh, he really didn't have money and a whole lot of um, a lot of people cast early votes. So he didn't have the money to reach out, didn't have advertising, didn't have a lot of digital, didn't even have the ground campaign that some of these do. And so even with a number of these candidates getting out in the last few days, that may not be enough because people might have already cast their votes for some of these other candidates, which certainly would take away from Biden. That's why you saw in the last few days such a rush, because while Biden doesn't have it, a lot of money on hand, he does have the ability to have tremendous amounts of earned media. And that's what we've seen. Newspapers and television and radio headlines, uh, leads of the of the newscast talking about uh, all these different candidates, all these different elected officials coming out behind Joe Biden. North Carolina, as I mentioned, um, Congressman, uh, House Majority Whip Clyburn making a big deal there. North Carolina, 110 delegates. Um, that's uh, one of those races where um, Biden might have a chance. Just as it was in South Carolina, African-American voters are a key part of the electorate. They're about, in 2016, they were about a third. Um, by now, 61% are also 45 years or older in that state. Both of those could be to the benefit uh, of, uh, of Joe Biden. So look for that to be a state you might pick up. Virginia, 99 delegates. Uh, that's one where Terry McAuliffe, the former governor, former DNC chair, and Senator Tim Kaine, who's also a former governor himself, coming out was a big boost. We'll see if it's enough, but a big boost for Joe Biden. Massachusetts, 91. The, the behind-the-scenes here story is that, obviously, this is uh, U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren's home state. Sanders, last week, instead of being in South Carolina, was actually in Massachusetts, which seems a little odd, except for the fact that if he can if he can win, if Bernie Sanders can win in Massachusetts, that all but ends the Warren campaign. And and so for him, this was a rather strategic move. Minnesota, 75 votes. Uh, I got to think part of this, the reason Klobuchar got out was not only pressure, but also uh, the, the uh, stinking reality that that uh, Bernie Sanders is likely to beat her in her own home state. So why not get out early, uh, days or two before the uh, Super Tuesday election? In this case, at least throw your hat in with somebody, it might make a difference. Colorado, 67 delegates, Tennessee, 64, Alabama, 52, Oklahoma, 37, Arkansas, 31, and Utah, uh, 29, Maine, 24, and, of course, Vermont, the smallest of the states up on Super Tuesday, 16 delegates. And no surprise, Bernie Sanders won it in 2016. He's the overwhelming uh, favorite to pick them up. A lot going on. Uh, a lot of excitement out there. We'll see what happens tonight. And uh, we'll try and give you uh, another podcast update at the end of the week to summarize what all this means, uh, not just for the coming week, another big Tuesday next week, uh, but what it means uh, for not only the presidential election, but as I mentioned, redistricting. That's what it's all about. It's why I've been working so hard with the National Republican Redistricting Trust. Certainly encourage people to check that out. Go to uh, the nrrt.org and uh, find out more about uh, how you can help us make sure that Republicans had a fighting chance all across America. Until next time, keep fighting for freedom. I'm Scott Walker.